Welcome to the sermon podcast of Grace Episcopal Church in Newton Corner. I'm Rowan Larson, the curate for Formation and Mission. This week's sermon is on Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was in high school, one of my good friends was an evangelical Christian. He'd spent most of his childhood in Mauritania, where his parents were missionaries. We loved to debate about Christianity, much to the chagrin of the rest of our secular and or Jewish friends. But James always accused me of being Catholic and not Christian because I couldn't talk about Jesus. To be fair, I was a Roman Catholic teenager and I could talk about God, I could talk about the Holy Spirit, and I could talk about Mary. That was my Catholic trinity. Talking about Jesus, whole different boat full of fish. Well, James would laugh to hear this sermon because I'm going to get more than a little bit evangelical. All his teaching sunk in a decade and a half later. We've been reading through Paul's first letter to the Corinthians for the past several weeks now. We've heard Paul's discourse on love, on the body of Christ, and on spiritual gifts. But explaining those things is not why Paul wrote this letter. Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians because news had made its way to him that the church there had fallen into chaos with fractions quarreling over baptism and following leaders other than Christ and generally completely missing the point of being a church. Paul left them very clear instructions to be a community united in the same mind and the same purpose. That lasted until about three and a half seconds after Paul left, or you know, about as long as kids in the backseat on a long road trip can hold it together. By this week's reading, we're in the second to last chapter of the letter, And Paul has finally come to his thesis. He's finally gotten to what has been driving this whole church planting mission of his, sharing the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. For Paul, this is it. This is the reason that there should be a church. Evangelism is more than the name of the game. It's the whole game. I would remind you, says Paul, of the good news that I proclaim to you which you in turn did receive, and in which you stand, theoretically, though which also, through which you are definitely being saved, but only if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you've come to believe in vain. You can hear what Paul was getting at with that. The good news that Paul had to share was scandalous. The ancient and powerful God of Israel came and dwelled among humanity, and was resurrected in a poor Jewish peasant from a backwater of the Roman Empire and in the process conquered death. It's a lot to tell a bunch of Greeks over in Corinth. Just take a moment to let that sink in. How incredible is it to be a believer in a God who has conquered death? What good news it truly is that unites us as followers of Christ. This is being a Christian. Paul doesn't call the church in Corinth out 
outright. You know, instead, he's telling the Corinthians that he knows about their shenanigans, and by implying that you know, perhaps they've become to believe in vain, Paul doesn't get it. He told them, this is the most important thing that I had to tell you. I received it, and the gift was so big, I had to pass it on. This is the greatest of all possible gifts, and yet the Corinthians are completely missing the point wrapped up in their petty nonsense. They succumbed, like so many of us, to the ever-so-human temptation to hoard power and influence. Each faction believes that they are right, the most right that anyone has ever been. And they are fighting tooth and nail to prove how right they are. Sound familiar? Lately, I have been wondering, too, if we, as the church in America in the 21st century, as Paul would perhaps have addressed us, if we have come to believe in vain. I see factions forming within factions, infighting that is so toxic it has caused many to leave the church and turn their backs on God entirely. I see unbelievable harm being intentionally inflicted, shame and guilt weaponized. And this was all just last week in the comments on a single Facebook post. (laughs) Honestly, Paul is really lucky that he never had to have a comment section on any of the things he wrote. (laughs) I cannot imagine what would have happened if the Corinthians could have talked back to him right away and then fought with each other about it. It would not have ended well. So luckily, we have a letter. Here's another example of this. My wife, Kelsey, is a lay leader in another congregation, and she told me recently about a meeting she was at a few months ago. It was a completely innocuous meeting about how to hold a fellowship event safely during COVID. But it escalated quickly. And by the end, it turned into accusations that someone or another in the group wasn't really a Christian because of their beliefs about how to hold a fellowship gathering. It's usually these small, petty things that get blown up to feel like the fight is about the very soul of the church. In the moment, the small things can feel all-consuming. I get it. I've been there. But that's slipping into believing in vain and forgetting that what matters is that we have been saved by Jesus' death and resurrection. In the face of that, how important really is anything else? Sprinkle in a dash of the greatest commandment, and we've got most of what we need to be Christians. I don't have quite as much hope as Paul does that a simple reminder that we were all baptized together into Christ's death and resurrection will be enough to bring us back into one heart and mind and Jesus Christ. With the depths of division and hurt that we're facing today, reaffirming unity in belief isn't going to be enough by itself to repair the breach. It feels like we're putting band-aids on bullet holes sometimes, but we've got to start somewhere. Being one church, unified, together, is difficult at the very best of times. Even with the hands-on leadership of Paul and other people who had actually met Jesus Christ in the flesh, the church at Corinth struggled. No wonder we are 2,000 years later. But Paul wouldn't have written to the letter to the church at Corinth if he didn't think that they could do better. He had every faith that the saving love of Jesus' resurrection and the coming resurrection of the dead would be enough to bring the community back together, or at least set them on the right track, 
they did need a second letter after all. (laughs) Today, we are probably much more shy than followers of Jesus in Corinth, and certainly more so than Paul, when it comes to articulating what it is we believe and sharing it with others. When I was taking my ordination exams at the end of seminary, one of the questions was to write a church newsletter column this is verbatim, to convince Episcopalians that evangelism is not a dirty word. That was the question. (laughs) So we perhaps have a ways to go in this regard, and we've got to be able to talk about what it is that we believe if it's going to bring us together. I think that Paul was right, and that's not something I say terribly often. I agree. Paul had some nonsense buried in those letters, okay? (laughs) I agree with Paul that what makes a group of people into a church is our shared belief in the miracle of God's love for us, no matter what. But that shared belief clearly isn't enough. Looking around the church today, and I don't mean grace, I mean the church. Paul asks us for a bit more. He knows that Simply holding on to the good news is not enough. You have to share it. Because it's through sharing it and through living it that that gospel is transformed into something new and amazing each and every time. And if we're not sharing it, Paul thinks we might as well not bother. That is, of all, first importance, as he said in the letter. But if we're able to let the good news into our hearts, to practice talking about it, to let it transform us, and to share it so that it can transform others, then I think we still have a fighting chance at something resembling unity. Amen.